0: Well, please open your Bibles with me again to Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're taking uh, the armor of God here uh, piece by piece. There's so much in each one. And we're at verse 17 in the first part of verse 17. Well, this is God's holy word to his holy people. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And always keep on praying for all the saints. And we'll stop our reading there this morning. May God bless it to us. Well, even as we are today remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy, today is a high holy day for many other people. And on that high holy day, the annual sacrament of the Super Bowl will be celebrated on Sunday, one Sunday every year. But leaving that aside for the most part, as I thought about it, there's one thing that every player on both teams has in common. They all wear helmets. They all wear helmets. These are tough guys. They're strong. They're fearless in many ways, but there's not one so foolish as to play a game of football without a helmet. That applies in many areas of life. Would you ride a motorcycle without a helmet? I cringe when I travel to the United States. Pennsylvania, I think, is one of the states where you don't have to wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle, and every time one passes me, I I cringe. Head injuries are rightly getting a lot of attention in many aspects of our lives. Yet how many Christians even seriously consider and pray about and appreciate the blessing of this next piece of God's spiritual armor? the helmet of salvation. You know, from ancient times, warriors have worn helmets into battle. I thought it was interesting. Maybe I'm the only one that would think so. Maybe not, because it was actually in a journal article in the journal World Neurosurgery, Volume 90, June 2016. And the title of the article was Helmet Use and head injury in Homer's Iliad that great epic poem a uh, greek epic poem of antiquity uh, the the article is homer goes into homer's detailed descriptions of head injuries inflicted during the trojan war of particular interest to individuals in the medical community although studies have examined the prevalence of such injuries none have examined the pre- preventative measures taken to avoid them An in-depth review of helmet use in Homer's Iliad was conducted to address this previously unexplored facet of the epic poem: head injuries and helmets, and how significant that is. One writer called the helmet the most ornamental part of an ancient soldier's armor. And so it served several purposes. It served the purpose of protection, but there was also an aspect of decoration. It was ornamental as well. Many Roman helmets had crests or plumes of feathers or dyed horsehair. The helmet was both decorative and defensive. It was beautiful and useful. But now we're Speaking about God's armory. The armor of God. And we come to the helmet. And it is a helmet of salvation. Now that word salvation is a word that's used in many different contexts in the Bible. It's a very broad word. You can be saved from physical sickness. You can be saved from, uh, human enemies. But ultimately, it is that word that covers all the aspects of being delivered, of being saved from sin and death and hell. There are many parts uh, in salvation. Theologians speak of the order of salvation, predestination, calling, new birth, uh, Justification, sanctification, glorification. But those are all parts of this overarching word and idea, salvation. It encompasses it all. It covers it all. It, it brings it all into one idea, salvation. To be saved by a savior. And the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says that salvation for the believer is like your helmet. Salvation. Did God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? God having out of his mere good pleasure from all eternity elected some to everlasting life did enter into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the estate of sin and misery and to bring them into an estate. Of salvation by a Redeemer. And so salvation, when you read that word there, when you hear it, it should bring to mind both the Savior and the salvation that He has achieved. It points us to Jesus, first of all. And we've heard that from Isaiah 59 verse 17 he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. And in the Hebrew, when we read of the helmet of salvation, it's literally the helmet of Yeshua. That's the Hebrew word for salvation. And that, as you even just hear it, is the Hebrew name of Jesus. It's the Jesus helmet. It's his helmet because he saves. He's the savior. Jesus saves. Who is the redeemer of God's elect? The only redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal son of God became man and so was and continues to be God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. Jesus is the Savior who brings salvation to his people. And as we come to Ephesians 6, like a helmet for a soldier, salvation in Jesus Christ both adorns and protects the child of God. Just like a helmet for a soldier, salvation in Jesus Christ both adorns, remember the helmets were beautiful, and protects. Helmets were vital. The child of God. Each one of these pieces of armor just reaches out and and picks things out of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But just for this morning, three thoughts from Ephesians 6, the first part of verse 17, the helmet of salvation. We're going to consider the action commanded, the action commanded, and then the armor provided, and then the advantages, the advantages enjoyed. And so, those three things the action, the armor, and the advantages. Well, first, the action. What do we mean by that? Well, we've noticed this. Uh, all along here in the armor of God, the action words that Paul has used to describe the armor. Some of them he says, put on the armor. And that word again is to be clothed with the armor, that gospel word of being clothed and ultimately with the righteousness of Christ, clothed with Christ himself. Sometimes Paul uses this word take up, which can mean to raise up or to put into use, to employ. But here, as we come to verse 17, the Holy Spirit has used a different word when it comes to this piece of the armor of God. Most English translations have take. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. But the word is the word that is often translated in the Greek New Testament, in the, in the New Testament as receive. Or even that word is sometimes translated... Welcome, welcome the helmet of salvation. Receive the helmet of salvation. It's it's the word that's used in Matthew 10, 40, when Jesus said, he who receives you receives me, or he who welcomes you welcomes me. And so when Paul comes to the helmet of salvation, he uses this vivid word, changes, changes. And when we see a change like that, it should alert us. We should say, oh, this is a different word. What is God saying to us? Well, it's what we rejoice in. Salvation in the Bible is declared as a free gift. When salvation is in mind, the, the, the action word that the Holy Spirit wants us to remember is this. Receive. Receive. Such good news for sinners who can bring nothing pure and perfect to a holy God. Receive. That's at the heart of salvation for sinners. Receive. Not earn or buy or bargain for, but simply this nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. At the heart of the gospel, the good news, at the heart of biblical salvation is grace, the sovereign grace of God that salvation is a gift. And what do you do with a gift? You receive it. You receive it. We were helping to celebrate someone's birthday recently and gifts were given. You know what I didn't see? I didn't see a person receive a gift and reach into the pocket and say, well, here, I got a couple bucks that I want to give you for this gift. That's ridiculous. It's insulting. A gift is to be received. And how sinners need to hear that. We need to be reminded of it again. How did you become a child of God? Was it because of what you did or didn't do? No. You looked away from yourself. And you looked to a Savior. And you received him as the indescribable gift to this fallen world. Well, have you received Christ? That's what this helmet of salvation first asks, doesn't it? When it says, receive the helmet of salvation, have you received Christ? It's a free gift, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Or in Galatians 3, Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Receive, receive, receive. Romans 8.15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. First Thessalonians 5.9, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ every piece of armor is a gift from God but this helmet that is salvation is explicitly said to be received it's a loud and emphatic reminder of something that Brian Chapel wrote we do not put on the armor of God by trusting in the more vigorous performance of our duties but by relying on God's provision for our protection. Receive. The righteous will live by faith. Come to me, Jesus said, all who are weary and heavy burdened, just come and receive. Salvation is a gift. And if we truly understand that, it will make us as Christians two things. Thankful and humble. Thankful and humble. For who makes you different from anyone else? And what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? If you meet someone who in the general character of his life is not a thankful, humble person, I think you rightly wonder how much they understand of a salvation that is received. It's a gift. And let's just think for a moment about how costly the gift is. It's free to us. But it's not a cheap gift. It's not a cheap one. I did some research in 19... 17, 19, 18, a World War I helmet cost around $3. Today, a high tech military helmet, even without all the night vision gear and everything else that you can attach to it, costs around $3,000. An F 35 pilot's helmet costs a little over $400,000. but here is the helmet of salvation. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, an indescribable gift, a precious gift, Provided for sinners. And the Spirit says, receive. Receive. Would any of you today, hearing of this helmet of salvation, insult the giver who is God? Reject the gift of Christ and salvation. The writer to the Hebrews says in Hebrews 2, 3, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Here it is. The most precious gift, and it's offered to sinners. Receive receive and then as believers let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive it goes on and on that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need we do well to meditate on that word receive and all that it means and all the blessings it has how precious it is for us That God would do all in Christ so that all we would do would be to believe and receive. Well, the action, receive. But next, the armor itself, the armor provided. Salvation here is spoken of as a helmet, a helmet. Obviously, protecting the head is crucial. In Canada every year there are at least 1 uh, 165,000 serious brain injuries reported in the country 452 people per day on average one person every 3 minutes a serious brain injury and as serious and as shocking, I think I was shocked when I read that, but as serious as those physical realities are, and some of us in the congregation, some of you in the congregation have, have experienced that. Why is salvation portrayed as a helmet? Helmets so important, so helpful sometimes to protect our physical heads. Why is salvation portrayed as a helmet? Well, I don't think it's hard to suggest that what this spiritual armor provides is protection in our thinking. It is protection in our thinking. Now, thinking, of course, is and must be involved in every aspect of the Christian life and of the armor of God. When when God saves a person, every part of that person is saved and is being saved, but a person's thinking is primary. What you think must be more important than how you feel, even if and when those feelings are so strong and so pervasive and they feel like an assault against you. You need a helmet. What you think steers the course of your will. What you choose. How you react. Look at all the times in the Psalms when the writer says, I will. When he expresses an act of the will. But he's always led and directed and governed by his thoughts. Psalm 56.3. When I am afraid... I will put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? See what he's doing? Here's a situation. Something serious and troubling is happening. I'm afraid. I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, God I trust, I'm not afraid. What can and doing his thinking is directing his will so thinking should be above our feelings and emotion it should be above our will thinking we need a helmet because the christian life is much more dangerous than snowboarding we need a helmet are you thinking Do you ever take much time to think about your thinking? The word amusement literally means not thinking. No thinking. Or on the other hand, are you thinking so much? So much. About so many things. But the focus of your thoughts is bringing more bad fruit than good fruit in your life. There's so much that we need to think about in this area of our thinking. Psalm 94, 19, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. We need a Helmet. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need a helmet. Paul already in Ephesians said, you were taught, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds thinking. Or his prayer in Ephesians 1, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and is incomparably great power for us who believe. That you may know, that you may know, that you may know. You know what that pr- prayer is in Ephesians 1:17 through 19? It's Paul saying, take the helmet of salvation. Receive the helmet of salvation. So that you may know. So that you may know. 17 times in Paul's writings in the New Testament, 18 times in First John alone, that little book, five chapters of First John, 18 times we read these two words, we know, we know. Someone once said, a man cannot drown so long as his head is above water. What do you know? What do you believe? How are you thinking? We need a helmet. Circumstances, feelings, our own personalities in one way or another, our weaknesses, our sins, our struggles against the devil's evil schemes must all be engaged by wearing the helmet of salvation. The thought changing, mind instructing, perspective correcting, truth believing, deceit denying spiritual armor that God has provided in Christ by the Spirit. The helmet of salvation. You need to think salvation. Think salvation. In all your other thinking, think salvation. Like Solomon said in Proverbs, in all your getting, get wisdom. In all your thinking, think salvation. This is the helmet in the armor of God for your life. As you fight the good fight of faith, God has provided a helmet. And the helmet is salvation. And we need to receive it. And we should welcome it. The helmet in particular is thinking about salvation. I wonder, in one way, and in other ways I don't wonder very much, what has dominated your thinking this past week? Now, I can guess, and I might be right for some of you, but for some of you, your thinking has been dominated by something that no one else knows. I know that's true for some of you. Because to a degree, it's true of me. There are things that very few people, if any, know. That I struggle in my thinking. Every day. But there are lots of other things that we together are are thinking about a lot these days. Right? As we continue on into 2022 with COVID. And as now we see all the things that are happening in the streets around us, and we may be connected to that in all kinds of ways. And you're thinking about it. You're thinking. You can't stop thinking. What has dominated, though, your thinking in this past week or couple of weeks? What have you watched or read about? or participated in that has captured your attention the most and so filled your mind. I'm not saying that lots of other things are not important, and we don't need to give attention and energy to these things, especially giving energy and attention by Christians living out Christ's lordship in every area of life and culture. That's important, and it needs to be done. But beloved, I am not your member of parliament. And I am not your family doctor. I am not your financial manager. And I am not your trustworthy or untrustworthy media outlet. The Bible reveals principles for all those issues. But I'm your pastor. And I'm most concerned about your salvation. You can gain the whole world in lots of ways and still lose your soul. I did a little bit of research. There were 18 significant revolts or uprisings in the Roman Empire in the first half of the first century A.D. One was going on probably right around the time Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians. And he doesn't mention it. But he does say, take the helmet of salvation. That's what he does say. Do we think we're that different from every other generation of Christians in the world? We're not. Things things are big to us because they're right here. If I put my hand right in front of my face, it's big. But it's not different, really. Really. And so with all those things going on in the Roman Empire in the first century, this is what the Holy Spirit gave the church. This is what we need most. Receive the helmet of salvation. Have salvation in your thinking. Boys and girls, have you ever seen a compass? Do you know what a compass is? I don't know what the French word for a compass is. It tells you direction, north, south, east, west, and it has a needle that goes around. What's the French word for that? I don't even know. I'll have to to learn it later. Think of a compass. The end, the one end of the needle goes all the way around, all kinds of different directions, 360 degrees, but the other end stays right in the same place. And that's the way it is you know, with Christians and the church. God wants you to be thinking about all kinds of things, all kinds of areas of life. As a Christian, you go out into the world and you live out your Christian life in this area, and then it swings to this area, and all those areas all around, but it's all centered in salvation. It's all centered in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the fixed point no matter where that other end of the needle spins, and you live your Christian life, and you need to do that. But here's the helmet for your thinking. Salvation. Do it all with salvation in mind. Do it all with the Savior in mind, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. The helmet of salvation. What have you been wearing as your helmet this past week? Has it been salvation? Salvation in all its glorious heights and depths and length and breadth. To have salvation as your helmet means you are thinking about the Savior. Let your thoughts be beautified and be protected by remembering who Jesus is and what he has done. God the Son incarnate, the glorious and only Redeemer and Savior, the Captain of our salvation, the Alpha and the Omega, the righteous Lamb of God, crucified, dead, and buried, raised on the third day, glorious and victorious. Jesus ascended into heaven, sitting now at the right hand of God, all power and authority belonging to him. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the name above every name, the sympathetic high priest, the coming again judge of the living and the dead, the first and the last, the living one who holds the keys to death and Hades. The helmet of salvation thinks about Jesus. The stone that the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Salvation is the helmet to protect your thinking. You think in light of the risen, ruling, saving, coming again, Lord Jesus Christ. That is the helmet. Against all the all the attacks of the evil one, you need to be thinking about Jesus. And then all the blessings that Christ has won. As He Himself put on the helmet of salvation to save us, Isaiah fifty nine. The present blessings of salvation, which are secure and, and sure in Christ, blessings which beautify your life. And guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Think about your present salvation. Born again. New creation. Sealed with the Spirit. Indwelt by the Holy Spirit. United to Christ. Justified. Adopted. Sanctified. Do you look in the mirror when you get up in the morning? In the the laws of the Pharisees, women weren't allowed to look into a mirror on the Sabbath day because they might be tempted to pluck a gray hair, and that would be work. Do you look at a mirror in the morning? You might look and say, oh, who's that? Who's that in the mirror? Who's that old man in the mirror? I don't recognize him. You know what we need to do? Every morning we need to look into the mirror of Holy Scripture. And you need to see who you are and what you have in your salvation. And that will be a helmet to protect you all day. Salvation is for the believer a present possession, but also a future inheritance So much of our protection in the spiritual battle is not only what is true now, but what will be true then. What will be true then. I read someone uh, just this morning that said, resurrection means that your worst day is never the last day. Resurrection, salvation means that your worst day is never the last day. The future blessings of salvation An unbeliever without, is without God and without hope in the world. You know, the future focus of the helmet of salvation is explicit in First Thessalonians 5.8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. So that's interesting. That narrows it, doesn't it? The hope of salvation, future things that are true in your salvation are very central to it being the helmet in the armor of God for you. Certainly what is true now, but what will be true protects us against the evil one and helps us to stand firm. We have hope in Christ strength for today, and bright hope for tomorrow. William Gurnall said, Hope is a supernatural grace of God, whereby the believer through Christ expects and waits for all those good things of the promise, which at present he has not received or not yet fully received. The Christian hope is based on God's promises, which are yes and amen in Christ. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, it says in Psalm 119, 81, but I have put my hope in your word. Hope is like an anchor, but without a promise from God, hope would be like an anchor without a seabed. We hope in the promises of God, yes, in Christ. Hope is like an anchor, but here it's a helmet protecting and defending you against the devil's schemes. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Beloved, the devil loves to attack your hope. And he wants you to look at today and say, this is hopeless. He wants you to look at yourself today and say, you're hopeless. What do you do? You take the helmet of salvation, the helmet of the hope of your salvation, and it helps you to stand firm. It helps you to stand firm. The devil loves to attack hope. He has no more cringing and fearful and defeated followers than those who are hopeless. But we have a helmet. A helmet of salvation. A helmet of the hope of our salvation. And with it comes great advantages, and we'll look at that this afternoon. What are the practical advantages in your life of having the hope of salvation? as a helmet. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on, strong in the strength which God supplies through his eternal Son, strong in the Lord of hosts and in his mighty power, who in the strength of Jesus trusts is more than conqueror. Leave no unguarded place, no weakness of the soul, Take every virtue, every grace, and fortify the whole. To keep your armor bright, attend with constant care, still walking in your captain's sight and watching unto prayer.